There are places on Earth over which planes can't fly. They are restricted airspace zones you can't enter for security or secrecy reasons. There are five types of protected zones, areas of cultural, political, historical, and environmental significance, and areas that are protected to ensure visitors' safety. Let's have a look at the most famous of them. Firstly, it's Washington, D.C. and the White House. It's a very protected zone. No one can fly over it if they're less than 18,000 feet above sea level. There's an airport close to the White House, and the restrictions cause a lot of trouble for pilots and passengers. Pilots have to maneuver very carefully so that they don't accidentally enter the restricted zone, because the consequences are quite severe. Passengers usually don't have a very pleasant time at the beginning of their flight, all because of the maneuvers pilots have to perform, trying to avoid entering the protected zone. Once in 2005, a pilot accidentally veered into this zone, and just because of it, the capital was evacuated. They don't take any chances. If there's someone or something in the protected airspace, it's assumed to be dangerous by default. Next up is Camp David. It was built back in 1938 in the countryside of Maryland. Originally, the camp was called High Caddicton. Built in 1953, the USA's 34th president, Dwight D. Eisenhower, named it Camp David, in honor of his father and grandson. Camp David is the U.S. president's country residence. It is also used to host the representatives of foreign countries. Since there are so many important people staying in this place, there is a three-mile no-fly zone around it and a five-mile above-sea-level no-fly zone over it. The next place is also important to one of the former American presidents. The Bush family compound is the summer residence of George Bush's family in Maine. The family still visits there often, so you can't fly over this place if the altitude is lower than 1,000 feet above sea level. Another no-fly zone is the Kennedy Space Center. No one can travel over it if they're flying less than 5,000 feet above sea level. This place is so protected because of NASA's activities on and around the island. The next place is located here, in northern Minnesota, at the border with Canada. This is a wilderness zone called the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness. It's a national recreation area and the most visited wilderness area in the United States, where many people go hiking, fishing, and canoeing. The protection of this beautiful natural spot started in 1902. In 1949, the airspace over the entire region within 4,000 feet above sea level became protected too. Motorboats and snowmobiles are also prohibited there, all to protect the natural beauty and the wilderness of the place. Another place on my list is, you'd never guess it, Disneyland and Disney World. Since Disneyland's airspace has the protection level of the White House and the Kennedy Space Center, it's prohibited to fly over the theme park without a special waiver, and the restriction goes 3,000 feet above sea level. The law was introduced in 2003 to ensure the safety of the park and its visitors. These days, you'll never see a plane or even a single drone flying over the place, unless they've got a special permission waiver. Now, let's go global. It's not only the United States that has such bans. 
There are many more protected places like the ones I've already mentioned around the world. Let's start with this huge hole in the Earth's surface. It has a diameter of 3,900 feet. It's greater than the height of the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa. In fact, it's 1.5 Burj Khalifas, and it's also more than 1,700 feet deep, which means the pit could fit a 140-story building. The giant pit is a diamond mine located in Myrny, a town in Siberia. The average winter temperature here is negative 31 degrees Fahrenheit. You can't fly a helicopter over the mine because it's dangerous. The mine is so big that it messes up with the flow of air. The air within the mine is way warmer than it is outside. And when these two airflows mix, it creates a vortex. If a helicopter flies by, the vortex will likely pull it in. Then the machine will lose altitude and crash. Another place is Buckingham Palace. Flying over this building is banned to protect the monarchs. The palace isn't just a place where the queen resides. It's also Great Britain's administrative headquarters, where many meetings with foreign representatives are held. Planes can't fly over Windsor Castle as well, because that's where the royal family resides. Peru has banned planes from flying over its famous landmark, Machu Picchu, in 2006. The ban was supposed to protect the landmark's heritage and its wildlife. Next up is India's Taj Mahal. The mausoleum, completed in 1653, is located in Agra, in the northern part of India. It's one of the most recognized places in the world, and it's protected by UNESCO as the world's heritage site. No wonder this place, which is visited by more than 6 million people every year, is so protected. The area has been a no-fly zone since 2006. This law was enacted to protect the building and the visitors. Even though there's no official prohibition, planes prefer to avoid particular regions on our planet. One of them is the Himalayas. The Himalayan mountains are higher than 20,000 feet, and with Mount Everest, the tallest point on Earth, reaching 29,032 feet. Most planes fly at about 30,000 feet, which is too close to the mountain peak. To maintain the minimum distance, planes would have to fly higher, which is impossible. Also, the winds are too strong over the mountains, and this makes it difficult to maneuver aircraft. Planes need routes with the possibility of emergency landings and with the best radar services, just in case something goes wrong during the flight. The problem is that there's almost no radar services in the Himalayas, and pilots wouldn't be able to communicate with air traffic controllers on the ground. An emergency landing is only possible on flat surfaces, and there are none of those in the Himalayan region. The risk is simply too high with mountains everywhere. If you don't think it's already dangerous enough, there's more. If something, for example cabin decompression, happens to an aircraft at such altitude, the plane will only have enough oxygen for around 20 minutes. When this oxygen runs out, the plane must descend to at least 10,000 feet above sea level to replenish its reserves. And that's impossible to do in the Himalayas because of the mountains all over the place. Another tough route goes over the poles. And to take that one, a plane needs special approval. 
The problem here is that the pole can mess up the aircraft's navigational system. Compasses there go totally wild and become of no use at all. Earth's North Pole has a very strong magnetic field that's constantly changing. If the magnetic field moves, the true north starts to differ from what pilots see on their devices. Then it gets difficult for them to find the correct runway. By the way, runways are named according to how far away from the true north pole they are. If the magnetic field moves and causes the pilot to adjust navigation, they can't be sure whether they're going to land on the correct runway. So, only several planes actually fly there, and they have to go through special preparations, get particular navigational devices, and an approval to travel there. And still, no one flies directly over the North Pole. Even though aircraft fly over oceans and smaller bodies of water, if there's an alternative route that goes over land, the plane will always opt for it. Interestingly, flying over water is usually smoother than flying over land, especially at lower altitudes. That's because there's less turbulence there. The main reason for turbulence is hot air rising from the ground. When you fly over water, you don't have this problem, and the flight is more comfortable. Still, flying over land is safer. I don't know about you, but I'd rather go through a bit of shaking than have no opportunity to land in case of emergency. Planes that make transoceanic flights usually have four engines. For two-engine aircraft, it's too dangerous. They prefer routes where there are many airports on the way that can accept this particular type of aircraft in case of emergency. Imagine an engine failure happens. In this case, the aircraft will have to rely on the remaining engine to take the plane to the nearest airport and land safely. There aren't so many airports in, let's say, the Pacific Ocean.